Welcome down to this week's episode of Paddy Talks Golf, which as ever is brought to you thanks to the support of Seed Golf Ball. So head over to SeedGolf.com because you deserve great balls at a fair price. You can get a trial pack or purchase some of the SD15s, the distance ball, the old ones, or try the C2's Pro Tour balls, which I use myself. Great for links golf, maintaining ball flight, all that lovely stuff. But you ain't seen nothing yet. There's a great range of accessories on there, and there's some awesome products coming in the pipeline. So stay tuned to the old Instagram. You might get some sneak peeks there. On this week's episode, we have the host of one of my favorite golfing fitness podcasts from 18 Strong. It's Jeff Pelizzaro. So I can't wait to dig into his origins in golf and fitness and his whole journey to now having one of the best podcasts out there that you can listen to. So yeah, subscribe to that. But first, roll it there, Colette. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Well, Joe Bradley, what do you think of that? Today we have Jeff Pellizzaro on the show. Is that pronounced right, Jeff? You gave it a nice Italian flair that I don't, I don't usually get. I, I say Pellizzaro, some say Pellizzaro, but I like the way that you, you really rolled it out there. Oh, well, I spent two years in Italia, so parlo un po' di italiano, so uh, I, I'll roll the A and the R for you, no problem, Jeff. I love it, man. That's, that's <laughs> better than I can say it. Come here to me, Jeff. I've been listening to your podcast for like a couple of years even before I really knew what a bloody podcast was, to be fair. So like I go to like, I do my walks in the morning. I, I might listen to, I listen to an episode. When I do my mobility in the gym, Rod Gyms in Dublin, big shout out there. Like 20, 30 minute mobility session when I was crocked last year. It really got me through those. In terms of like the different insights you get from and all the wide ranging people you interview from breathing techniques to fitness to now, you know, some really top players in the game and top people on social media, like the Andy and Piers and stuff that went up lately. And you're 200 and... 86 episodes in yeah we've officially on the the podcast on itunes i think we're up to 286 but we've um on our youtube channel we started doing some live interviews during this whole pandemic shutdown and so some live ones are already up on youtube and facebook that aren't on the regular podcast we uh we just interviewed joe buck the the sports announcer and he's number 294 so we're almost at that 300 mark okay so by the time this goes out by the time i get my act together You'll possibly at like 300, 301. <laughs> right? Possibly, possibly. So Jeff, where did it all st- Where did 18 Strong start? So that's a great question. 18 Strong kind of started as something that I wanted to, to do a long time ago. When I, so my background is physical therapy. I worked in the clinic in an orthopedic sports fit clinic um, and then got introduced really to uh, a fitness professional that worked specifically with golfers in St. Louis back in 2008. And so I started working with her and then a couple of years later started my own thing. Um, but I knew that I wanted to do more than just work with individual golfers. And I, I, to this day, still work with a lot of country club golfers, local St. Louis golfers that, you know, some are, are high level amateurs. Some are just, you know, country club guys that want to go play better golf. Um, but I knew that I wanted to do more than just work individually with golfers. And I wanted to, I was searching for ways to learn more about what I was doing. And I kind of figured that if, if I can't find it, aside from going through TPI courses, 
other golfers can't find some of this, this information too. And, you know, every other sport has, you know, information on, you know, training for, for that sport. And so I was like, man, what if we created something that was a resource for golfers um, that could ultimately help a bunch more people. And then I had just started listening to some podcasts and was listening to some interview podcasts and thought, you know, what would be kind of cool is if I interviewed a couple of people, it'd be a great way to put out some content, but for me to also just be able to interview some amazing people in this industry and learn as much as possible while helping to teach. And so I reached out to a couple of people, some that I knew already, some that I just kind of knew through social media, guys like Jason Glass and Dave Donatucci and Allie Gilbert and Dr. Brett McCabe and, and some of those folks and just threw it out there to see if they might come on the show. And sure enough, they, they did. They had no idea who I was, what 18 Strong was, and whether it was ever going to be anything. And now here we are almost 300 episodes later. And so, yeah, that was the goal. Just kind of create something to help myself learn and help teach the golfers. I fell in love with the game of golf. I wasn't a golfer before 2008 and just fell in love with the game. And, and um, now I'm addicted to it, just like the rest of us. No, it's almost like we planned the segue, like, cause that's one of my first questions normally is like, what is your earliest golfing memory? So, so what is yours, Jeff? What's my, my earliest golfing memory? Mm. Um, man, I mean, I can remember playing in like some, some charity scrambles and stuff like that with my dad back in the day. Those, those are probably some of my, my earliest golfing memories. Um, but I would say that my earliest golfing memory of me really playing a real round of golf was when I went, this, this is a good one. This is when I went to my first real country club here in St. Louis, it's called old Warson country club. And it's one of the nicest top clubs in St. Louis. Um, I had never, aside from watching the movie Caddyshack, I had never really seen a country club. Right. And so one of my clients invited me to, to go play and at this time, I, I could swing a club decent. I, I could play without embarrassing myself. So I, it wasn't like I was crazy nervous, but I was just in awe of the, the beauty of the course, the clubhouse, and also how nice and friendly everybody was there. You know, I had this kind of thought of maybe it would be kind of, kind of a stuck-up, hoity-toity kind of a situation. But I went there. Everybody was, was super great. We had just a blast. And I remember thinking, yeah, this is – this is what I want to continue to pursue is this game, this atmosphere and be around these kind of people and help them out as well as help myself learn this game more. That's a great story. And I think it's fantastic. I suppose that you're doing what you love in, in a kind of a sport that you love, but growing up, was it always St. Louis? Did you grow up there your entire life? I did. I, I grew up in St. Louis, um, born and raised, kind of grew up in a soccer family here in, in St. Louis. My grandpa was, um, he, he coached at St. Louis University. He played for um, the national team back in the day. He played in the um, – oh, I'm going to forget. I forget exactly what, what cup it was. Um, he was not on that 1951 team, but he played with all those guys. Um, and he then coached at St. Louis University as the assistant coach for 30 years. He has five national championship rings. My dad played on two national championship teams. Um, so I grew up playing soccer, played through college or into college. Um, so that was my number one love of sport. And that, that kind of took up most of my childhood. I played a little bit of everything, but it wasn't until I you know, was in my late 20s that I even really thought about golf 
golf was always something that was boring on TV that my dad used to watch. Right. Uh, so I, I never understood it. And now I'm, I'm like getting sucked into like the history of the game. I'm reading, reading some books right now about um, Harry Varden and, you know, the, the, the greatest game I ever played and reading the match about Ben Hogan and Byron Nelson. And like, I've just started to just eat this stuff up. It's awesome. One of my favorites was Bobby Jones. And it's, it's something that it's a character in, in the history that I suppose on this side of the water, we don't really know much about, especially like my generation, let's say sub 35. Yeah. Like one of, one of my favorite books is making of the masters. If you ever mentioned, if you ever read that one, it's about Clifford I Roberts. Yeah. It's Cl- on my Cl- list. Yeah. Clifford Roberts. And like, I think that was like one of the first golf books I made. Uh, I bought I was like 14 because I recorded the masters for like three years in a row. My mother bought it for me actually. So, you know, oh, he watches the Masters. This should be good, like. But, um, yeah, that, that's one for you. So, at least you get something out of this chat. Is, is a, good, a, book, <laughs> yeah, definitely. a book recommendation. So, did you do physical therapy in college then? Yeah. Super. So, my, my undergraduate in, in college was uh, psychology, actually, because I realized that I did not like the, the original choice of biology. So, I went with psychology and then did graduate school for physical therapy. In terms of growing up, soccer would have been the main sport. So maybe the gross assumption I would say was everyone wants to be a golfer. But is there another sport where you'd love to be like at a high level at? Yeah, so, I mean, soccer would have been would have been the one. I mean, that's outside of, you know, I never really got into football. I, I never really played any organized football. Um, played baseball growing up, but never really caught the, the bug of baseball. I, I'm a St. Louis Cardinals fan just because – by nature of living in St. Louis, you know, that you're born and bred that, but I'm not a guy that, that will sit down and watch a ton of sports, but I love to go and play soccer. I love to go and play golf. Um, and so if there's two that, that are at the top of my list, those are definitely them. They're the ones. No, absolutely. Like over here, we have our own Gaelic games, which are quite strenuous. I don't know. Do you ever come across Gaelic football or, or a sport called hurling? But you, we definitely need someone with your talents over here to help our boys out if you ever fancy a trip over. You know what? There, um, I have a good friend here in St. Louis. There was a hurling league here in St. Louis, and he used to play. I never did get out to, to watch him, but it, it sounded like such a, an awesome yet crazy game at the same time. Yeah, yeah. No rules except you can't pull someone's jersey, but you can basically um, half kill a man. But um, one, of, one of my favorite questions to ask people, and it's both in terms of whether they turn pro or whether they stay as an amateur. And for you, I suppose, it was transitioning from working in a, in a practice to starting your own. So what was the compelling event for you to go all in on, on 18 Strong? Um, you know, it's interesting. The, the, the history of just my training and everything, it, it took paths that I didn't expect it to take, right? So when I first started, when I first left the physical therapy realm, and started working for um, for this golf fitness professional, and she wanted me to help build her her business. But then she ended up getting married and, and moved out of town, and so then it was it was either go back to physical therapy or kind of give this thing a go on my own. And so I decided to to do that. Kind of took the leap of faith there. You know, many talks with my my bride, and we had a, a youngster. I can't remember if we had our son yet or if it was right on the way. Um, and so. We had a couple decisions to make, but I knew that I was, I was not necessarily in the position that I wanted to be with the company, but I knew that I loved what I was doing. And so I decided rather than go back to the security of, I knew I could go back and get a physical therapy job if I needed to. That, that was you know, always kind of a, the backup that I really didn't want to have to go back to because I knew I wasn't really happy there. 
I knew that I wanted to be involved in something where people were pursuing getting better. Um, and that's what this side of the fence of, you know, the fitness training versus the therapy side was. The therapy side, people were kind of forced to be there because they had been injured. They, you know, some unfortunate incident brought them there. And so it wasn't always the most pleasant experience for them. I mean, I had some incredible patients, don't get me wrong. But when I switched over to the fitness side, this was all about, I'm here on my own because I want to get better at, at this game and I want to get better physically and I, I want to get in better shape. And I just really liked that part of it. And then as far as 18 Strong was concerned, I don't know. I just always felt like I had something bigger in me that I wanted to to do, you know, I, bigger than just being the fitness guy in the gym working with with these different golfers. I I always felt like there was more that I had to share and I still feel like we're, I'm only in a small percentage of of where we want to be as far as, you know, kind of creating that mission and and helping to to spread that news of, of golfers being more fit and really just guys in general taking charge of their fitness because it's going to help their golf game. It's going to help them in daily life. They're going to be able to play this game for so much longer and so much more enjoyable if they take care of themselves. And so I think that 18 strong was the, the, the one way that I figured I could try to make a bit of a change. No, it's a fantastic mission, so, mission, so I suppose. I'm going to steal one of your questions. And I think it's something you ask at the, at the last okay. round of your podcast sometimes. And, and maybe it's your elevator pitch these days. I don't know, right? But what does 18 Strong mean to you today? Maybe versus what it would have meant when you started it out. That's a great question. Um, I think 18 Strong, when I first started, was very more narrow-minded into... What's the fitness stuff that golfers need to do? Um, and I, I feel like over the course of the five years that, that I've been growing more myself, learning more about the game of golf and just working with more people, I think 18 strong is, is more of a mentality of trying to be your best as you finish the course as when you started or all throughout. And, and to, honestly, I think it also goes with what's going on off of the course as well. You know, just trying to enjoy the game as much as you can, trying to be the best version of yourself that you can be, whether that's your fitness, whether that's the decisions that you make. One of the things that we really talk about a lot in our, we have an online training group called the RFG, uh, Real Fit Golf. Real Fit and Golf. I heard that on of, the podcast this week and I was like, man, I got to be in that. I got to be in that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's awesome. It's it, So it's a small, like-minded group of guys who are all kind of in that 18-strong mentality. And we talk a lot about what's the identity of the guy that you want to be. And I, it, I don't care if you're a 20 handicap or if you're you know, 50 pounds overweight or what it is. But if you have, if you decide that you have an identity of, of who you want to become through the process of what we're doing and what you're working on as a golfer, when you go to the drive range, what your identity is, and you're constantly working towards that, that to me is what 18 strong is constantly trying to improve and become that, that version of golfer, dad, guy that you want to be. No, that's fantastic. And I suppose if everyone's able to, maybe even write that down and be like, this is like essentially like a holistic fully like, and people think holistic is a bit hippies, but it's not, it just means like 360 degree um, from all aspects and make sure you have every department covered. 
Um, I'll ask you first, and then I'll, maybe I'll tell you mine. What's your image of the golfer or person you want to be? The image of the, the golfer, I mean, the, the person that I want to be is, and I actually had this written down, kind of my, like my purpose statement that I have written down. I went through a, a course several years ago. It's like a, a five-day professional development, self-development course. And at the end of the week, we, and I thought it was kind of corny at first. And so people listening to this might think this is a little strange, but the, the objective was to come up with, with your purpose. You know, what, what are you here for? And mine ended up being to teach others that they can achieve more and they deserve the best life has to offer. And I mean, to this day, I have that framed in my room. And so I want, I want to be a guy who instills that in other people. For me personally, as far as, you know, the golfer that I want to be, I, I want to be a guy who goes out there and, and can hit bombs and, and be consistent you know, like everybody else does. I don't necessarily need to be a scratch golfer. I'm, I'm about a, an 11 index right now. Uh, but I want to go out there and I, I want to see myself get down to maybe a, a single or, or mid single digit handicap. But ultimately, I want to be the guy that goes out. He can play with anybody, won't embarrass himself, um, hit some amazing shots to keep me lo- you know, in love with the game. And I'm able to, to enjoy the game and, and really never get pissed at myself out on the golf course and realize how, how grateful and lucky I am to be out there. And so every swing that I take, whether it's good or bad, I can learn something from it. But for me to get upset at, at the golf shots that I hit, I have no business getting upset at myself. In my heart, I'm, I'm still the soccer player swinging a golf club, right? So, so I can't get upset. If Tiger Woods can hit an errant shot, it's okay if I do too. How about you? Yeah, yeah, I used to caddy in Le Hinch, and most of my listeners will know that I drop in Le Hinch at least twice every episode. Um, but yeah, I used to caddy in Le Hinch, and for like it would be a lot of Americans and, and maybe some people from the UK, but predominantly Americans, East Coast, Wall Street type of people, uh, South Carolina. Nothing against those states, but like, you know, um, they'd have an opinion of themselves maybe sometimes. But there was one or two guys in a group one day, this is years ago. And he was like that, that epitome of always getting mad and like, you know, I need to be hitting it. Like, you're on holiday, first of all, buddy. Like, enjoy yourself. Right. But what, what hit me was like on whatever, you know, you can call me whatever you want. You'll pay me when we're finished. But when he started like, like throwing a couple of clubs, I was like, dude, first of all, you're not good enough to get mad. And you're definitely not good enough to start throwing clubs. Yeah. But uh, right. that put him I mean, back in his on. box. I like for like going from that sort of like, I don't want to get mad in the golf course. It's something I learned over time in terms of you can use in sports predominantly, like in soccer, you can use emotion like anger to heighten your performance. So like you can go into that crunching tackle more with more aggression. But in golf, that doesn't work, buddy. Like, (laughs) you know, it might help on like on the uh, when you're hitting a driver, maybe. But you still have to like rein yourself in, I find. But to answer the, your question, you'll find I go off on massive long tangents when you do ask me a question in terms of like what image of a golfer I want to be. And it's kind of something I learned because I was level par through 14 holes around the hinge uh, in October last year and I topped my 15 tee shot just about past the ladies' tee. And I did not, like I wasn't angry. I didn't feel under pressure. But I like that heightened, like, you know, anticipation that I was close to something. So I kind of addressed that in terms of, I actually listened to a couple of your podcasts because you had like people on around meditation and breathing and under shuffling and like that type of thing. And it was that just like my heightened sense of self. So like for me, the answer is I want to make sure that should I be in that position again, 
that I'm prepared for it. So that if I feel myself walking fast, like self-awareness, you know, to bring my breathing back down, to, to like control myself, but still enjoy it along the way. And I suppose the same can be said for real life, you know, like whether it's my, my new baby that, you know, I need to be more energetic for when I'm 35 or 36 years of age, when she's like four or five, I need to be able to run around. So like be, be ready to, for that situation. So like I'm of able-bodiedness and like you can't get aggressive with a four-year-old and, you know, so the same, I find transitions all over the place from like golf course to real life like that. So like just in every part of my life. So compartmentalize family first, um, you know, of a certain physical ability. So I'll never get a six pack, but I can get as close as I want to, um, you know, from that sort of stuff. So like everything at the same level as much as I can, you know, nothing super, super different to another area to try and, no, just be a peak performance for when the time comes, I may have to capitalize on it. That's kind of what I'm looking to achieve. Do I fit into the RFG group yeah, now? I, I... <laughs> <laughs> you're you're on the right track i'll okay, tell you that nearly because there, it, nearly I, I mean that's how it is it's like the the way you know it's the the way that we do anything is the way we do everything right that's kind of the kind of the mantra and so really that's what it is it's it's about you know taking care of yourself and just striving for for that next level it doesn't mean that you have to shoot to be the greatest like you said we don't need to shoot for, to be on the cover of a fitness health and fitness magazine right but all of our guys want to be kind of the guy that other dudes look at where they're like, oh, that guy's in better shape than I am. You know, like that, he doesn't just look like your regular old dad bod kind of a deal. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so that's, to me, that's what it is. It, it's just, you know, having. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What's next for 18 Strong? So like you go onto the 18 Strong website and the, like the, the 300 plus podcasts are there and training programs. So can we dig deep into, into like how you form your training programs, what protocols are they about and how customized they can be for someone maybe on this side of the Atlantic who'd be interested in, in getting into what 18 Strong have to offer? Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, we've got all the podcasts there. We've also got a lot of videos on YouTube. We haven't updated a lot of new, newer videos, but we have a lot of videos on there. Just general exercises, great stuff for the golfers, just explaining some different things that, you know, things that you should be doing. One of our, our big um, thought processes is that sometimes we get a little bit too enamored with trying to make your fitness look like a golf swing and, and we get too stuck on training training for the golf swing as opposed to training the golfer. And so I'm a big believer that we need to, to do a lot of the basic strength training methods. We need your range of motion. Good. We need to work on, you know, just some of the general mobility because if, if certain parts of your body aren't working, I don't care how much you work on getting into your, you know, the proper backswing position. If your shoulder hips, thoracic spine doesn't want to do it and doesn't have the capability you're not going to be able to do it so our programs are are very very balanced out so everything is geared towards getting the body moving well working on strengthening movements because i think a lot of guys tend to back away from strengthening as they age you know and when i say age i mean guys like us patty that are in their 30s 40s and then beyond they kind of get afraid of of lifting weights when really that's when we need to start getting more into that to, to protect our bodies and our joints and our muscles. Um, so 
our programs, typically you'll find our, we have our golf body blueprint and our golf body blueprint activate program. The activate is kind of where we start people that want like an eight week structured program. We, we give you your strength training workouts. We give you some overspeed training in there. We give you some mobility exercises. We give you some, a, a short little daily motion routine, which is something that I'm a huge believer in just getting you moving every single day. Um, and so those are laid out and they're really, they're geared for pretty much any golfer. And I, I, when I did the exercises in there, I made sure that you could adapt the exercises, whether you're skilled in the gym and you know exactly what you're doing, or we gave some variations where you can do that if you're, you're brand new to the gym or physically you can't do one version of the exercise or the other. So we made it really pretty universal to where we know we're getting everything the golfer needs. We're getting the strengthening. We're getting some of the golf mobility stuff in there. We're not getting too fancy Instagrammy golfy wise, you know, golfish as my buddy Charlie Weingroff would say. Um, but you can find everything in there. And then we've got some other programs as well. We've got a, a full-blown warm-up routine program. Um, we've got an intermittent, fat, intermittent fasting protocol. We have several other things. You can find all that on our training programs. And then, like I said, we have the RFG, which is, uh, that's, again, by application only. So we can talk and see if, if I'll take your application at the end of the show. And, uh, and that's, that's really kind of more of our inner circle group where these, these are guys that are serious. It's, it's a three to six month program and, and we meet every single week. Um, we're really going over and customizing their programs and really dialing those guys in. So. Sounds very comprehensive, you know, and, and especially for people, and it's desperate to say these days, but like my age, you know, it's very easy to get bogged down in being busy and not finding time. And if it's important to you, and it might be, like you said, to get to a scratch handicap. It could just be that you're just more physically able to get around that, like those daily mobility programs and just like following a, a very simple 10 minutes, 15, 20 mm -hmm. minutes max, like if you really want to, to work on it extensively. Um, makes a massive difference. So like I know you've you've interviewed Robbie Cannon in the past. I'm doing a bit of work with him here in Ireland. I thought I was doing mobility. Man, I was just stretching a little bit here and there, you know? Mm -hmm. So I have a proper mobility program. It's made massive differences to like my posture, how I move around. And then naturally, of course, that position up there, P3, P4, P5, and then much better position. What's next for you guys? Because there's two or three of you, you know, what's, what's 18 Strong going to be like this time 2021 without any spoilers well you can release spoilers here if you want to be a limited audience so what i would love to see by this time next year is first of all a much larger group in the rfg program so that's that's something that we just released a couple months ago we're really still working on you know just getting the messaging right and, and getting that in front of the right people um so that's that's kind of going to be like the creme de la creme of the 18 strong training programs. Um, we are going to continue to build out some other programs, more what we would call like your do-it-yourself programs where, where somebody that hears us on a podcast or sees us, they can go and, and they can get their program. We've got a private forum that they can be involved in. So, so there's some interaction there as well. Um, ultimately, I would love to end up having uh, our own studio, our own little, little gym area, and there's some talks in the work of, of things that might be happening where we could actually do some live podcasts, have some guests. We've got some incredible people here in St. Louis that are, you know, intertwined in the golf world. And then also just I would love to, to have more, more people come in and do some face-to-face -face interviews and, and make the podcast even more of, a, of an entertainment piece 
as well. So I can see us doing a lot more of that, maybe pushing some more out on YouTube, getting a little bit more content out there and, and becoming a, a more wider known brand when it comes to everything that relates to, to being strong, playing golf, loving the game, enjoying the game. That's fantastic. Like, I love people who like have a vision and are looking to, to progress and improve and are motivated like yourself and, and, and the, the team around you. And it's like when we're all allowed to travel again, and it might be like 2021 by the time we're able to get on flights and stuff, it's an idea of mine to like arrange, you know, like a day workshop or two day workshop. And it has to be like clinic, fitness, you know, that holistic type of, of day. So Absolutely. You never know what might happen. 18 strong on tour, maybe. Uh, you know what? That's um, it's funny that you say that because we have even talked about doing kind of a, a, you know, it would be awesome to have the 18 strong touring van where we even drove to different places and did, you know, did kind of live podcasts like that. I would love to p see people, you know, brandishing the old 18 strong shirts, hats everywhere across the, across the world. I know we've got, somebody told me they just saw one down in Australia when they were at the, at the grocery store. I was like, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty um, awesome. So, you know, to have that stuff, but uh, just like you said, I would love to do some, some live events, things like that, collaborate with more people like yourself and some of the great, you know, great people in the game. There's so many, so many great coaches, so many great personalities and so many great people in this game that, you know, for us to continue to connect and create new ways to even spark new interest in the game of golf, um, I think would, is just so much fun that, that we have to do that. There's loads of opportunity out there and, and there's people like yourself who, who will go out there and grasp it and grow because of it. The real, the real intensive part of the podcast is going to start now and it's the quick fire Q&A. Bring it on. Super stuff. What would your walk on song be? So I've, I've had this for years and I still can't think of another song that will take it off of my radar and that's Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. Mental. That's mental, that one. Gym or pizza? Pizza. Great call. Hat visor or a bucket hat? Hat. Happy Gilmore or Tin Cup? Happy Gilmore. Guinness or Heineken? Guinness, for sure. Now, Le Hinch or Port Marnock? Now, I haven't played either. I, I know more about Le Hinch, and since I know what podcast I'm on, I'm going <laughs> to say Le Hinch. But fun fact that I was just reading this morning, I didn't realize that LaHinch was an Alistair McKenzie course. Absolutely, yeah. He designed it before tipping so, over the water to do some place in Georgia, some, some small private club. Yeah, they wear yeah, green jackets and it. stuff. I don't know what they do over there. Yeah, um, I haven't heard of it. Walk or cart? You know, I've become much more of a fan of walking recently. When Growing up, you know, when I was playing the game earlier on, it was, like I said, it was always like charity scrambles and things like that. And so I knew no better than to just take a cart. And I'm starting to appreciate the walking side of the game way, way more. So I'm going to say walking, even though I've got way more cart rounds under my belt than walking rounds. That's all right. It would be good for the, the HRV on that old hoop strap you got. That, that's right. That's, that's right. right. Uh, would you rather win the Masters or win the Open? Ooh, I'm, I'm going to go Masters. I'm, I'm an American, you know? Good man. Would you rather drive it 300 yards every time or never miss a 10-foot putt? Never miss a 10-foot putt. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram, for sure. Play or practice? Play. That's it. Thank you very much for your time, Jeff. Really hope to see you in Ireland sometime in the future. I will definitely try and hook up some, some golf anyway, if not a, 
a full-scale 18-strong workshop on tour in Dublin. Sounds great, Paddy. Thanks for having me, man, and thanks for doing what you do for the game of golf, brother. That was Jeff Pelletero of the 18 Strong Podcast. Of course, you're probably subscribed to that one already. If you aren't, get on it. Uh, links will be below in the show notes. If you did enjoy this podcast, I hope you did. I definitely enjoyed chatting to Jeff. Please do leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Get involved on social media, on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, Paddy Goff. Just search that, you should find me. And uh, yeah, head over to paddygoff.com. There's a timesheet over there for you to join. Uh, I don't really send many emails on, but when I do, it's generally a giveaway. Um, so get involved yeah next week on the show is someone from modest golf so be sure to subscribe to the podcast don't miss it until we teed up again soon i'm back.